0: You're in the Waterloop. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop. Hey everyone, this is Travis with Waterloop. I want to talk to you for just a minute about High Sierra shower heads. I use them in my house because they're a water efficient fixture, but I'm a big fan for other reasons as well, including their design and construction. They're made of solid metal. So this High Sierra shower head I have in my hand right now, you can tell that it's a quality, well-made product. Unlike the vast majority of shower heads, which involve a lot of plastic in their construction. And that's something we need less of, right? Less consumer products with plastic in them. The other awesome thing is their nozzle design. It's a unique patented nozzle that's not going to clog like so many other shower heads. The other thing about this nozzle is that it will work in low pressure. You'll still get a strong, powerful, but water-efficient shower. You can use promo code WATERLOOP for 20% off at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis. I am extremely pleased to be joined by a new friend of mine who is here to talk about a lot of different things with social entrepreneurship and water and some incredible activities that are going on. I'm with Vanky Raghavendra. He is Senior Vice President for Advancement at the Safe Water Network. Vanki, how are you?
1: Travis, I'm doing absolutely fine and wonderful to talk
0: to you. Yeah, like I said, we've only chatted once before this, but we, it was a great discussion. I think we discovered a lot of common ground and common philosophy, uh, positivity, uh, an emphasis on solutions and successes when it comes to water. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things you've had run throughout your career is work on social entrepreneurship. Um, I'd love to hear you describe that, especially in the context of water.
1: Uh, Thanks, Travis, and uh, that's a great way to begin. Uh, I I was uh, I was fortunate to spend time um, considerable considerable number of years with a with the premier social entrepreneurship organization Ashoka, Uh, and uh, you know it's it's a very nice trajectory from Ashoka to uh, to other other organizations and then to Safe Water Network. So I have been you know I have been I I. I'm a self-claimed social entrepreneur, <laughs> and I have been working with social entrepreneurs around the world. And the best part of that, Travis, is, you know, you're constantly exposed to incredible solutions and innovative ideas and, and, and really dealing with complex problems with little resources. So, uh, so it's really amazing to bring that experience to Safe Water Network and, and to my world of
0: water here. Yeah. What is a, if you could describe a social entrepreneur, what is that person? Well
1: a social entrepreneur he or she uh, is is a, is a is a quintessential change maker you know they they bring their problem solving lens to everything that they do uh, they are they look for they look for patterns of, of uh, ideas and change and they they zero in on a particular problem in the world and they they are relentless they don't stop till that that problem is addressed and that's probably the the hallmark of a social entrepreneur Travis.
0: Yeah. And so within the water world, we have all these challenges, right? People are very familiar with all the challenges across mm-hmm. the world. Um, governments have a huge role, NGOs and, and all that. But what why are social entrepreneurs vital to addressing water problems and, and building a more sustainable future? Why are they an important part of the, the puzzle?
1: A great great question travis uh, you know we know we know of all the big crises uh, around the world and uh, water is definitely one of the top ones right because it cuts across every facet of life and survival and prosperity and it it might be shocking for people to hear that you know unsafe water impacts 2 billion people around the world you know on a, on a on a gross estimate 2 billion people don't have access to safe water you can imagine the kind of kind of loss of productivity loss of health and and all the other detrimental uh, things that happen because of that and 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 that's where that's where creative solutions and problem solving ways and and innovative solutions are needed and that's where social entrepreneurs become so important to address this uh, this problem of uh, safe
0: water yeah it's amazing when you think about that 2 billion number right that's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more than it's like one out of every four people that's alive on this planet that has yeah. a, a real challenge with this building block of life. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. when you dwell on it, but I think it motivates a lot of us in our work, right? Um, sure. Are there any any uh, success stories or, or solutions involving social entrepreneurs, you know, that you've encountered throughout your career that kind of stick in your memory?
1: Yeah, well I you know, I just I just want to talk about one specific example, yeah. Travis, that has really stood out in my mind. You know, there is a district called Medak District in the southern Indian state of Telangana. Right. When I joined Safe Water Network about three years ago, my, my colleagues uh, in India hosted me and invited me to see the work on the ground because that's very, that was very important. And I went I went to the district of Medak uh, where we are working with some amazing partners like Honeywell and the state government of Telangana and so on. What was fascinating there is how you know, one of the models that we have, Travis, is setting up water kiosks in some of these uh, areas where access to safe water is a challenge. And it was amazing to see how small groups of women, these are self-help groups of women, ha- were running these water enterprises. You know, each 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 uh, kiosk was being run by a small set of women and it was their collective uh, entrepreneurship, right? And so to see an entire district which is which is several hundred thousand people being served by these groups of women spread across this this area and and addressing the issue of water contamination and providing all the villages there with clean water because both heart rendering and also very energizing to see how a sustainable entrepreneurial solution is being brought to a particular district and, and Coincidentally, we had politically an elected representative who happened to be a woman. There was a district uh, uh, bureaucrat in charge of the district who happened to be a woman. And so it was amazing to see the the leadership and entrepreneurship of women driving this entire effort in this entire district. And as I said, thanks to the support of our partners and corporate partners like Honeywell and and others, uh, you know, it's it's a very thriving social entrepreneurship. Ecosystem that they've created, Travis. Mm.
0: That that is a terrific success story. I love hearing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about the Safe Water Network and and your approach. It, you know, there, there's a lot of people working out mm-hmm. in water and trying to address mm-hmm. challenges, but you all have a, a pretty unique approach and model.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I must uh, I must start by saying a couple of things about Safe Water Network. Late actor Paul Newman. Uh, is, uh, gets the credit for starting this along with uh, some other fabulous people, John Whitehead, who was the former co-chair of Goldman Sachs, uh, Josh Weston, uh, uh, who's, who's, uh, who's our board member uh, of uh, for, you know the, the, the chair of ADP, they came together in 2006 to start Safe Water Network, realizing that access to safe water is such a luxury in so many parts of the world. But Travis, what is, what, is, uh, what is very heartening about our approach is we work directly on the ground in the countries of India and Ghana. Uh, we serve several millions of people in both these countries. But these two countries and these two operations of our service demonstration, you can almost call them as laboratories for innovation, where we understand how the community aspect of this works how the technology aspect of this works, how the economics and the sustainability aspect of safe water works. It could be energy, you know, policy. So, we use our experience on the ground in India and Ghana to, to kind continue to finesse our model, if you will, and continue to innovate. And then, we do not stop there, Travis. We actually, you know, we use that to document our learnings you might even call it building the evidence uh, base for really improving the whole sector and really trying to replicate this these lessons and share these lessons more widely in the water sector around the world so so learning from india and ghana sharing it with the rest of the water sector documenting it as much as possible and, and even even to the extent of helping craft national and global policy around water you know one quick example is the government of India a few years ago invited our team to actually craft the national water policy. Right? If you think about our fingerprints on, you know, on, on crafting a policy for 1.2 billion people, it's it's incredible what a small organization like, Safe Water Network is able to do. Uh, and punching above our weight, I would say. So, <laughs> so that's the kind of work that we do, Travis.
0: Oh, fantastic! Um, that's that's incredible stuff. Could you talk a little bit about just briefly, the challenges for sustainable safe water.
1: Well, as as I as I mentioned at, at the at the beginning, Travis, uh, even even the scale of the problem is just so humongous even to wrap your head around, right? Two billion people in scattered around so many remote parts of the world, not even having basic access to water. You know, children are not able to go to school. You know. In some parts of the world including, you know, India and Ghana a disproportionate number of hospital admissions and hospital beds are are because of waterborne diseases Right, so so if you think about the the scale of the problem itself, it's it's huge and then Always of course resources are a big issue, right? So uh, The provision of you know safe drinking water if you think about it even very very uh, well-off countries, if you will, uh, they subsidize clean drinking water. So, if you think about other resource-challenged uh, countries of the world and geographies of the world, you know you need government funding, you need philanthropic support, you need an entrepreneurial approach to address this very big problem because it's not about oh, let me go and and dig a well or let me go and fix a tap and a bore bore hole and then end of the problem, right? It, it, it requires constant monitoring, it requires quality control. And as we know, one of the biggest problems is of contamination of water. And then there is the very, very big issue of behavior uh, aspect, uh, Travis, because it's also about altering people's behavior, right? There are many, many communities that continue to drink unsafe water because because they just have been doing that for decades. And they don't realize that some of the health issues and other issues that they are facing is because of the contaminated water. So, so it's about resources. It's about the creating the right ecosystem. It's about it's about changing community behavior, and it's about addressing issues like water quality and so on. Mm.
0: One of the things you all emphasize are market-based solutions for water. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Why why is that important?
1: Well, Travis. Uh, as 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 i kind of referred to earlier it's it's you know if, if if one set of resources were adequate for solving this problem we could have said oh let's let's bring in philanthropic funding and end of end of the problem or let government put in all the money end of the problem but that's not the case it takes a multi-pronged approach to really address this issue as we said you know even in our own model while while we get the government support While we get some of the infrastructure support from the government and we get the philanthropic support to actually set up our water stations, we also make sure that the community pays a nominal amount to actually secure the water because that's what builds in the sustainability and that's where the market-based solution comes in. And if you think about it, yes, there are some people in the world who can absolutely not even pay the few cents needed for this, but most people can afford it. But if you think about the cost benefit of it, Travis, you know even by spending seven to ten dollars a month they get all the clean water that they need for cooking and drinking and think about think about the saved uh health care cost think about you know not losing work days and pay think about children staying in school if you think about the cost benefit it's really worth having these market-based solutions because that's what ensures sustainability travis
0: one of the things i found interesting i think you mentioned is the idea that approaches and models that are being used in in countries like India and Ghana could could provide lessons for challenges even in the United States. Um, Really, really interesting.
1: Absolutely. Look, one thing we have to all agree upon and 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 not not shy away from is this. this this is a global problem. It's not an India problem or a Ghana problem or a Mexico problem or a Brazil problem, right? So many so many urban areas in the world are not water resilient. By which I mean they could be running out of water in a, in a, in, a, in a in a decade or two, right? Then there are underserved pockets of the countries uh, wherever you look at. You know you can even call them as what safe water deserts, literally. Right. Even even in the United States, we have certain urban areas, we have uh, native uh, communities, and so on. That that we have we have been reading in the media and so on as to how these areas are deprived of safe and easy access to water and affordable access to water. So when you work in a resource-challenged context like India and Ghana, where you find lots of creative people and creative solutions. Uh, they are replicable solutions. They are transferable solutions. And, and we must remember that there is a, we definitely need to adapt these solutions. There is no one size fits all here. But having said that, when you when you look at some models and some approaches and innovations that have worked in where, where we are working in India and Ghana, they are definitely replicable in the United States and in other parts of the world. And that's what we try to document and share with the water sector, Travis.
0: Yeah, I I love that idea that you have creativity out there. Necessity breeds invention and creativity, right? And you can take Mm -hmm. those seeds and plant them elsewhere where there's a need also. And the approaches that have been tried (laughs) haven't been working, you know. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. certain communities. Um, Before we dive into an event you all you all have coming up, which I'm really excited to talk about, um, how how. Did you choose India and Ghana as the places to focus your work
1: well uh, that's a that's a very interesting and (laughs) big question but in short I would say you need a conducive ecosystem to try innovation and change Right. We, you you need you need an enabling policy environment. You need a, a supportive uh, bureaucracy. You need uh, you need uh, you know the corporate sector participation. You need philanthropic support, and you need a you need you need a reasonable level of stable a democratic and, uh, and conducive uh, community participation to be able to execute a, a, a new idea, for if you will, right? And so so for us not to be able to worry about other extraneous factors, but actually focus on the innovation and in the community was important. And that's how we, we landed on India and Ghana.
0: Okay, makes a ton of sense. Um, mm-hmm. All right, well, I wanna talk about this event you have coming up on September 3rd. It's a, a convening of global youth leaders um, mm-hmm. I will I will let you take it from there tell tell us what's happening yeah Travis
1: this is uh, this is a, a, a very exciting program for us you know safe water network has always strived to engage all sectors of society all demographies but we said how can we put young people in charge of this very big global problem because they are amazing at finding solutions and that's how it started and uh, and all of our all the entire Safe Water Network team in India and Ghana and, and, and in the New York office, we said, how can we really uh, do something that actually gets our the younger generation and the future readers really involved in our mission and that's how it started. And and Travis is very proud to report that as we speak, we have over 400 young leaders registered from about 30 countries representing about 160 organizations. And then we have some incredible partners who have come on board. Uh, we have UNICEF, we have a global, uh, the global social entrepreneurship organization, Ashoka, the international development platform, Devex, uh, and, uh, and so many other partners and we are grateful to be partnering with Waterloop as well. Uh, so there's such a groundswell of interest in this and young people are so charged up uh, to really come together. And share their stories of success and their their ideas uh, to be a part of this youth convening. Travis,
0: uh, yeah, I I, I want to dig into the young people thing a little bit more. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you've hit a couple of the reasons. Like mm-hmm. they um, they're not jaded, they're not worn down by years of bureaucracy or frustration or the system. Mm-hmm. You know, grinding in the gears of the system. They have like a mm-hmm. real a freshness and a belief. Um, they're idealistic uh, still, and yeah. they're creative. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's kind of why you're trying to get them sparked to, and bring them together and highlight them.
1: Absolutely, um, Travis, but I will frame it a little differently. Okay. They are sparking us. Ah. <laughs> they are sparking us. Because I'll mention a couple of amazing people uh, I've gotten to know well in the process. Abigail Opoku. Uh, she lives and works in New York City, and, and she's been mentoring young people in Brooklyn. Uh, she's of Ghanaian origin. What a coincidence for us, because we work in Ghana, and uh, she's she's so excited to be a part of this convening, and uh, another wonderful young person, Garvita Gulati, who's going to be featured on this program, you know, she was a young engineer in the but she took on this problem of water conservation, realizing what's happening in her city. She's actually launched an amazing campaign involving restaurants, because restaurants consume so much water. So I just gave you a slice of two amazing innovators that, that we are working with and featuring on this on this on this event. So, so it's been it's been incredible to work with all these young people and really be inspired by what they're doing, uh, Travis.
0: I love the point that they are so savvy with technology you know um mm-hmm. understanding things that that we don't and and as our as our world continues to digitize you know mm-hmm. that skill set is just essential um
1: but we have some amazing global influencers who are part of this event mm-hmm. and uh, you know we have dr rajiv shah who's who heads uh who heads the rockefeller foundation we have uh, Ravi Venkatesan, uh, who is a global ambassador for the young at UNICEF, and then we have Chandrika Tandon, who who is uh, you know who's the chair of the NYU Tandon School of Engineering and a very well known philanthropist. She is part in this program. So we have the dialoguing with these young people because that's an amazing combination, Travis
0: what do you hope then happens right with an event like this you don't want it to just be a moment in time you hope it's a catalyst right so yeah. what 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 do you hope kind of flows from this
1: well you know to begin with Travis it's been it's going to be amazing to to really have this new platform and this amazing group of people come together and be mutually inspired, right? It's going to to spark so much action in small and big ways around the world. As I said, already 30 countries are represented here. So that's one. Two, we see this as a vehicle, as a portable vehicle. For other important issues, and then water intersects with so many other issues. It could be gender, it could be livelihoods, it could be economic prosperity, it could be public health. And we see during this time of the pandemic how how access to safe water has become such a central issue. So we see this network that's blossomed as a as a platform for future uh, solution finding exercises for addressing other bigger issues which intersect with water, which is almost everything, Travis.
0: It is. It is really sure. Um, lastly, I just want to ask you: uh, What makes you so optimistic about the future of water? I mentioned all the tremendous challenges. You, you know, you talked about two billion people, billion people that yeah, that uh, yeah. that don't have safe, adequate water. But um, mm-hmm. you, you seem to be very optimistic. Uh, and so, where does that come from?
1: Well, you know, uh, I, I think I think one has to be optimistic yet pragmatic and realistic about about these issues. You know, Travis, I I will take a slightly philosophical tone about this. Look, we live in a world of paradoxes. Uh, we live in a world of contradictions. Uh, water is one of the biggest challenges that faces uh, the world right now. By the same token, um, you know, human ingenuity. The creativity of young people, the the drive and the energy of the younger generation, I think, is a is a huge reason for optimism. And then, to that extent, we are have, we, have, we are we are bringing these amazing 500 plus young change leaders together. So, so again, as I, to repeat what I said earlier, there's going to be a there is there is going to be an ongoing uh, uh, energy of small and big innovations that will that will help address these problems in different parts of the world. But we can't be We can't be complacent, we can't be in denial, we know it is a big problem and we've been talking about social inequities, we've been talking about the imbalances Travis and lack of access to safe water is one of the biggest reasons for these inequities as well. It adds to the other inequities. So we are hopeful that with the kind of solutions that safe water network is bringing with the kind of energy that we are galvanizing through these kind of convenings. And through the sharing of knowledge and through the building of network that we are doing, you know, in India, around the world, and in Ghana, uh, we, are, we remain very
0: optimistic, Travis. Yeah, fantastic. Vanki, I am so glad we got to catch up and have this podcast. I'm, I'm grateful for your perspective and, and information around a lot of these issues and uh, look forward to further conversations in the future.
1: Thank you, Travis, for this amazing opportunity. It's a very vast and complex subject, so I, I just uh, instinctively responded as best as I could. But, uh, but there is so, many, so much more to this, Travis. But thanks for the opportunity. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.
0: The Waterloop podcast is brought to you by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart and stylish way to save water, Energy and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code Waterloop for twenty percent off at High Sierra You're in the
1: Waterloop.